Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local. Telegraphlocal.com. The web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the podcast about weekly politics, day 724, and it is Friday, so that means all of us made it through this gruesome, insane week of politics that we've been living in. If you haven't tuned in, please think about this. Is hearing news and politics important to you? Do you want to know the facts? If you do, tune into the show. We had a great week this week with the show. We had some wonderful interviews, some great guests on uh, earlier in the week. So just go back to the archives there. You can listen to them. Um, some very well-known guests with some very good information, very positive, uh, very direct, very open, and very honest. And uh, their words matter just like everyone else's words matter. Today we have, we'll be joined by a special guest, Rob, Rob Arnold host of Political Firestorm, which we had on week before last. We did miss last week's show, um, so there was an internet issue, and it took nearly all day for it to be restored, so we lost last week. So, But we'll make up for this week, I promise. There's always plenty of news, especially political news, to talk about in, uh, in the current uh, climate and the fact that we're heading up to probably one of the most important elections in our lifetime, uh, November 2nd of 2020, against, obviously, Donald Trump. And Joe Biden. So today we're going to cover a couple different topics. We obviously can't get to everything simply because there's too much and not enough time. But we are going to hit on cancel culture, which is a huge topic uh, today. We know that there are uh, a lot of uh, big issues, uh, and I think that they're being addressed in completely the wrong way. And maybe cancel culture for this is just simply not working. I think all you're doing is you're twisting, you're, you're, you're creating, it's guardrail to guardrail, right? We're going so far to the left right now that it's, it's, it's very probable that in the near future, you're going to see people start going very extreme to the right. You know, it's a, the, the crazy thing about politics is never right and left. 
it's always extreme right and left that causes the problems. If you talk to someone who's on the right and someone who's on the left, a lot of their ideas are the same. You can have an actual conversation and a debate. The problem we're having in society today is that we have this extreme right and right now, more importantly, an extreme left that is going insane. Tearing down statues doesn't work. Forgetting history, trying to delete history doesn't work because you can't delete it. Um, so we're going to go into that with Rob in a few minutes. We're also going to talk about Joe Biden, obviously the king of gaffes. Um, what he recently said about the president was he was the first racist president in history. And this is coming from a guy who has nothing but uh, racial issues in his background. So we're going to go into that. And we're going to go. Uh, we're going to talk probably probably a good 20 minutes about that. We're also going to talk about the extreme left, and that's going to kind of piggyback on the fact that we're going through this cancel culture right now. Um, and these are the things we're going to hit on on the show today. And um, I think the news will be great. I think what we have in store for you today will be wonderful. Keep, keep in mind that we only have an hour, so um, we will try to stuff all of it into that hour if we can. Now, if you're following the news, you notice that Ted Wheeler, which is called uh, Tear Gas Ted, if you will, was just heckled and stuff by all of his, uh, his base, I guess you could say. So when is cancel culture going to – when are, they, when are the, the leaders – in these major cities who at first embraced this cancel culture that was happening, when are they going to realize that the cancel culture is now turning on them? Lori Lightfoot of Chicago, Ted Wheeler of Portland, uh, Jenny Durkin of Seattle, and then, of course, you have Bill de Blasio in New York, which has ruined New York City. New York City will never be the same. I'm not going to say it will never be the same again. I guarantee you it will be another generation before New York City returns back to what it was in the 2000s, the prosperity that it saw. My guess, well, if you take Chicago, for instance, Chicago has never been a safe city. But when you have 14 or 15 people shot and killed in a drive-by shooting, or, or shot anyway, and a shooting from people simply trying to attend a funeral procession, I think it's very sad – but we're going to get into all that and more. I want to welcome to, uh, to the show yet again for the second week. Well, not really the second week because we missed last week due to all kinds of horrible Internet issues. But we would like to welcome back special guest Rob Arnold, host of Political Firestorm. How are you doing, Rob? I'm well, here in the uh, steaming, uh, humid New York City. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at weather today. Um, it's not looking nice for anybody anywhere, especially the weekend. It's going to be uh, – here in Chicago, it's going to be 90 on Sunday, which is uh, – Definitely a lot hotter than it usually is, so that's kind of frustrating. Man, so um, I sent you over the topics earlier to, uh, to discuss on the show, and I kind of started going into them a little bit uh, in, in the introduction here. But there's four people that um, I think have really ruined society. I mean, we have a, a collection of mayors right now that's just a joke. You have Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. You have Ted Wheeler in Portland. You have Jenny Durkin in Seattle. And you have Bill de Blasio in New York City. He's not even a mayor anymore. That guy, he's just a, a gumshoe at this point. Um, but they all create some. Yeah, yeah. They, they, so they, they, you know, they at first embraced this, this cancel culture, right? They're like, oh, we love it. You know, it's just freedom of speech. It's, it's a, well, I think Jenny Durkin said a summer of love um, in Seattle, which turned out to kill four people. And now they're seeing uh, those same, that same cancel culture start to turn on them. For instance, Ted Wheeler was just um, heckled and called uh, tear gas Ted. Um, who is the, the 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 mayor of Portland, and he's not doing too well. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? What do you think about all this, man? Well, for me, the analogy that's in my head is the third prequel, the Star Wars saga, the one just before Luke Skywalker showed up in Star Wars. 
So they did those three prequels. In the third prequel, that is when Senator Palpatine, you know, uh, the emperor, uh, the evil emperor, um, he was the senator at the time, right? He had control over the Senate. And what he did was he punched in the number or set into the device 626. And when he did that, all of the people that were like other Jedi and, and just people that were like mayors and governors, they all turned on society. They all turned on civilization, and the dark cloak of the emperor uh, swept across the galaxy. This is what I see. I see these people as evil. I don't think they're so stupid as to make mistakes like this. They, this is intentional, purposeful evil. And then you've got – you know, and I'm talking about governors and mayors here. I think Mayor de Blasio is an evil bastard, and, and you've got uh, – uh, these people that are um, – what were you saying? There's something else I wanted to add, something you said I wanted to speak to. Bottom line is I see evil, and I see it attacking civilization. I don't see this about just America. I see it about Western civilization itself, and these are just evil actors, and they're doing a number on it. But but I don't think – it's pretty small compared to the total – most people just living their lives as civilians. It, it's, it's a relatively small number of people, and they all got to go. I'm just I'm curious. It's like the it's almost like the the, the mayoral class um, that's running 2020 had a powwow before they all got elected and decided hmm which best ways to cities are already having problems. I mean look at Chicago. Chicago is it, it literally it, it's worse than being at war. I mean you can't. I was in downtown Chicago last week with my girlfriend and she was so nervous that we had to leave and you can't yeah. even walk the streets anymore. It was just, there was just this this aura this this mist of people roaming around just looking for something to start problems with. I mean, and they're talking broad daylight, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, it's insane. And then you've got this Ted Wheeler oh, guy. Oh, by the way. Okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to say, I remember, I remember what it was. Uh, you see, they're turning on the, those, they're turning on like the, the mayor uh, that you spoke of. Um, what you're seeing is white, elitist, privileged liberals um, saying basically, but 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 we're but I'm on your side just before they get their heads smashed in and their house robbed. So it's, well, it's it just, just goes to show how, how dumb they are. Well, it, you know, this, this all has come. I've I've looked into. I've been seeing cancel culture all week because I wanted to understand it. And I I studied the, the cancel culture that happened in the late '60s into the early '70s, and they had something like 2,500 bombings, and it was only stopped when the people got arrested and they were put in prison for extended prison sentences. Some of them are still in there to this day, and they'll probably rot and die in prison, and they deserve to do so. Um, but if you look at, you know, we get back to this whole racism debate we had a few weeks ago, right? If you're, if you're white and you don't admit to being a racist, then you're a racist. But if you're white and admit to being a racist, then you just admit to being a racist. But when you see all these kids, you're right, a privileged, you know, these privileged elites pretty much that have gone to school and um, they've got, you know, they're, they're, they're going to these far left schools that, that are all run by Democrats at this point in time. And they're turning around, looking in the mirror and saying, oh, my God, there's something wrong with me. I'm the problem. And that's not the case. It's a brainwash. It's, 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 it's uh, academia is basically indoctrination chambers and they come out as snowflakes. Uh, snowflakes melt on contact. So, you know, we, we don't want to be snowflakes, do we? But that is what they are. And they've been conditioned. And by the way. That's been about four generations of it now, and they're also after the children in the grade school level. So uh, they're, they're, it's just these are ghoulish people, and it's, uh, it's all coming to kind of a, a crystallization now. It's, it's culminating in what we see with this black-on-white violence. And, and for some of it, it really comes down to slavery 
and, and all of its vestiges. There's all the, the, the anger and hate inside. When I say vestiges, I'm talking about uh, lynchings and second-class citizenship and all that. But let me say this. White people send their white children to black educators. They get pulled over by black police officers whose black police chief is their boss. They go under the knives of black doctors. They have black lawyers defending them in court. They, they, they have black electricians wiring their house for them. White people deal with black people on a day-to-day basis in ways that are grand. And so how can any white person actually really be a racist, which is to believe that, that they are inherently inferior to you? You're sending your children to black teachers. There's no, you see black astronauts. You see all this black engineers. So it's a, it's a stupid concept. Racism is long dead for the most part on the white side of the racial equation. There's a handful of yahoos here and there saying the deep south that believe that blacks are inferior. But most people, any thinking person can understand. It comes down to the individual. So they're using all this, this anger and hate uh, as really – they're using slavery as an excuse uh, you know, to, to wreak havoc and uh, they're still living in the, in the past. It's, it's important to look at the past, to acknowledge the past, but not to dwell in the past. We're moving forward. You don't see Jews screaming at Merkel over the Holocaust. We're supposed to be moving forward, and I blame Barack and Michelle Obama first and foremost for all of what's happening. Well, you know, I, I, I want to – I guess what I want to get at there is that this, this new culture, this cancel culture, which is, is a foe, um, it's, it's not realistic. Nothing about it really is, but it's been brought on by not really – this is not a white and black issue. It's not white people hate black people, black people hate white. This is simply not true because white people don't hate black people and black people don't hate white people. In fact, if you walk down the street, 99% of the time you have cordial uh, uh, interactions with the opposite color. No one no, – no individual for the most part – Ever looks at skin anymore? Right? It's, just, it's just my generation wasn't raised like that. Generation was. But what we have the problem with the problem here is not white and black people. It's Lori Lightfoot, Wheeler, Jenny Durkin, the Blasio, thinking that they have an end to gain more power, and that you know the same thing goes with 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 Joe Biden. You know, this is the Democrats have been pissed for three and a half years that they lost and they no longer have power. So this isn't about white and black. This is about political control and power. And the more we fade away from the reality of what it really is, is is it creates this chaos. The statues really don't. I mean, this is my question. If statues really mattered, how come we're just now addressing it? And these governors have had control over these cities for 40 or 50 years. But now they're just now today addressing statues, you know, in the last month, 30, 60 days. Where were they 20, 30, 40 years ago? Where were they last year? You like, where were they when Barack Obama was in office? You know, it, it's, it's a it, different it, culture it, now. It's, it's, we're seeing a, a seismic shift in, in culture, um, and it's being propelled by a very small number of people relative to the total number of people in the country and in power in this country. There are good Democrats, obviously, that are doing fine jobs as mayors and governors, but I, I wonder where their mind is at now. It, they have to take a good, hard look at the company that they are in, men like de Blasio, uh, men like Joe Biden. This is, this is a prominent face of the Democrat Party, uh, Hillary Clinton. My goodness gracious, what's become of their party? It's uh, good Democrats need to take their party back. Well, you know, it's, it's, you have this – the you know, and we had this week. One is a very prominent Democrat. One is a very prominent Republican. But it was funny when you had – which are, they're both middle-of-the-road Republican Democrats. They're not far right. They're not far left. And it amazed me when I got these two on interviews and asked them the same exact questions, exactly verbatim, 
they gave virtually the same answers, just with a little different style, right? They, they virtually agreed on the same things. Um, and so it's not the Democrats and Republicans. It's just this far rightness and this far leftness. Because right now, the far leftness is a huge problem. Um, you don't see far well, right. It's, far, it's, the, it's, 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 it's the far left that's really obviously uh, causing all the problems. I, I would say that what used to be the fringe of the fringe of the Democratic Party well, is now in – they've taken it over. They've taken it over. And you know the AOCs of this world with that much say, with that much clout. She's a freshman congresswoman. She's not supposed to have any kind of clout like that. She, she hasn't drafted any legislation. She hasn't chaired any committee. Uh, so she's just some, some little, you know, some little pipsqueak and she's now a big part of the Democrat party. And it just goes to show what we're talking about here, Bart, is that the fringe of the fringe has taken over that party. And let me tell you, there is a fringe of the fringe of the Republican party, but it's a much, much smaller number relative to the number of, of far left. It's, it's far left is way bigger number than far right. There are way more moderate Republicans than there are moderate Democrats. My friend Hank Sheinkoff is a fantastic example who, who you interviewed yesterday. Uh, he's your, your old, school, old school blue dog Democrat, and they're fewer and farther between with each passing year. You know, the, the left and this cancel culture, if, if removing statues and slavery reparations and all these extreme views should have been an issue 20 years ago or 10 or 15 years ago or 30 years ago, it only becomes an issue when one political party sees that they may be able to gain massive power by now agreeing with these far-left people with stupid ideas. And, and then they go and they, they flame the fire, and now all of a sudden when they're getting ready, when, when they're being turned on, now they want to, to uh, say, oh, well, we, weren't, you know, we, we, don't, we didn't mean to go this far. But, I mean, how far is far? If, 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 if um, Joe Biden knew or, or, or if he felt that defunding the police was something that would get him more votes, he would do it. He would be preaching that right now. But what they've realized is, okay, we said defund the police, and, and, and the crowd didn't like that. So what we're going to say, or, or the most of the – other than the far left, no one else rationally liked that, right? So now it's, it's – well, we don't want to – but that's not what we meant, it's actually what they meant, but now they're saying it's not what we meant. We meant just reduce the budget, which is still defunding the police. And my That's question seven. is, my question is, if he gets in power, what's to keep him from going extreme, even though he said he wasn't going to? How do we know if we elect Joe Biden that a year from now we're going to wake up in the police departments? Well, it's it's uh, he's he's on strings. He's on strings. It's it's the AOC types, uh, the Bernie Sanders types. It's these these freakish people that are in control of Biden. They don't even care about Biden. They, they just want to steal the White House, and they'll deal with him later. And so I think I said this to you last time we were on the air together. It's that uh, if he doesn't quietly resign and step down in a year or two, uh, if he were – if by some demonic device he were to take the White House, uh, then uh, they, they would just invoke the 25th Amendment and get rid of him. Uh, and they would just – they're just looking to take over, to seize power to seize it and the only way they can win and here's something you'll, you'll find interesting I, I think the only way they can not win but but take the white house is by stealing it uh by virtue of say mail-in ballots but i believe the cheat the fix here's the thing that i came up with yesterday actually i think is kind of interesting is if they were to pull off the cheat if the fix is in enough to biden enough electoral votes I believe the cheat would be too obvious. It's too big a stretch. They would have to cheat too much to where it becomes so obvious that Trump wouldn't go anywhere. 
And what we're talking about, I think, would be the United States Supreme Court, where lawyers would say, here's the proof that they cheated here. Here's the proof that the voter fraud was there. Here's the proof that the fix was in over there. They'll have lots and lots of empirical data. They'll have lots of evidence. I think it would go to the Supreme Court. If they try to steal the White House, well, wait a minute, they're definitely going to try and steal the election. If they were to succeed in that, I believe it would be too far a stretch to where it would have to go to the Supreme Court, and it would all come out in the wash of the rigs. You know, it's funny. I used to. We got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Um, when we get back, we're going to be talking about Joe Biden. We're going to be talking about the extreme left. We'll continue the conversation we had. Guys, please stay tuned to Week in Politics. I'll draft local. All right, guys, we are back from that wonderful commercial break. Sorry about that, but we have to have people pay for the way through sponsors. So you get to hear them a couple times on each show. We're currently here with special guest Rob Arnold. We're talking about uh, quite a bit, Joe Biden, the extreme left, cancel culture. If you uh, just tuned in, please rewind this show. It is a podcast, so you can do that and listen to the beginning of it. Also, you can find all of this information and more on telegraphlocal.com. So I, I guess, you know, um, we were talking before about you, you were mentioning about trying to steal. I agree and I disagree with that. I, I'm hoping that it doesn't get to that point, Rob. I, I hope that we are able to, um, to have a free and fair election. This go round, but I think if we don't and Joe Biden gets the White House, I, I, I'm going to agree with some people on some other talk shows. I don't think we'll ever have free and clear elections ever again because they'll, they'll legalize any person in this country, whether you're here uh, illegally or not, and let them vote. And obviously that vote would probably more than likely go towards the, the Democrat Party. Um, so I hope you're wrong on that. I, I don't want to completely agree with you, but I, I think you do have. Oh, no, oh, no. It, it, it's not even up for debate. They're trying to cheat. They do it all the time. It's all they do. Democrats never really win. In, in local elections, there's free and clear elections, and, and people legitimately win on that local level. But once you go out of the local, you go into governor's races and certainly the, the, the presidential elections, all they ever do is cheat. Uh, they don't ever really win. If they if they take an office, it's by way of cheating. That's all they do. Uh, John F. Kennedy cheated Richard Nixon out of the White House. We all know that. We all, so it goes back that far. They've been doing this for decades. This is not for debate. There's no question mark here. They simply do cheat. We, we've we've caught them. I, I told you, I think, uh, maybe in our uh, conversations uh, outside of, of the podcast, um, I, I think I've told you that there were four Democrats in the Florida debacle uh, in 2000. That were in were behind closed doors, locked doors, wouldn't let anybody in. People were knocking. They were like, "Go away!" You know, and they wouldn't let them in. And they and they had boxes and boxes boxes of ballots. Four Democrats with boxes and boxes of ballots. It was Roger Stone, who was who was uh, somebody ran to him and said, "Look, these these four Democrats are, are back there with the ballots." He's the one that smashed in the door. He got a big guy to go with him. They smashed down the door. They smashed it in. And they went in there, and then as per law, there were two Democrats and two Republicans counting those ballots. Now, those four Democrats were looking to cheat, and if they had succeeded, those four Democrats in that one moment in Florida in the year 2000 would have, would have totally skewed everything in a, in a very different direction because it would have been Al Gore in the White House. So they would have cheated enough because it was such a close election uh, count, uh, vote count there, obviously. We all remember that. So if those four Democrats had succeeded in what they were doing behind that locked door, it would have been Al Gore in a post-9-11 world as president of the United States. That's how serious this stuff is. So, so okay, so you brought up Roger Stone. I want to tell him that for a second. You know, he just got pardoned by the president, uh, and everyone's at arms for it, but I did some research. And I found out that Bill Clinton pardoned about the same amount of people, but one of those people he pardoned was his brother, 
Uh, and the other person he pardoned was like a known terrorist, right? Roger yeah. Stone was convicted of lying in an investigation that never should have taken place that we all know now was, was the biggest crap pile investigation in history. And people are up in arms about uh, Roger Stone being pardoned or, or, or at least not having to report to jail. Uh, I'll go even further than that. Barack Obama pardoned more than 1,500 people, some of them serious criminals. And we're talking about a pardon yeah. of a guy who got caught lying to investigators in an investigation that never should have taken place. So well, I you know, broke people all these numbers to... down. I broke all these numbers down on political firestorm. Uh, I, I make clear it was over 1,700 people that Obama commuted the sentence of. Uh, it was like 250 actual pardons versus 11 under Trump. 11 in in, in three three to four years. Uh, 11. And, and so when people are squawking, it's just more of the same garbage that they're, they're just throwing as much mud against the wall as they can get their hands on, hoping something sticks. But you know what? Uh, in the end, they can all go to hell. They can kiss Roger Stone's ass on their way down there. Uh, Roger Stone is a damn good man. He, he actually he's a character. Yes, I've had him on Political Firestorm. He was a fun guest to have on. And, and he's a good, decent guy. And, and he saved democracy itself with that move in Florida, and, and he damn sure should have never been in the hot water he was in in the first place. You're exactly correct. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think about Joe Biden. As I've said on the show many times, I, I have been a Democrat all my life, and, and that changed recently with uh, the last three and a half years. Just seeing the sheer extreme uh, things that Democrats are willing to do in order to try to gain power, and, and they're ridiculous, and they're scary. And you have people in major cities – who literally are afraid to go outside, right? Because they don't mm-hmm. know if it's safe to do so. And Lori Light and help her quilt. She continuously and continuously refuses to do it until recently. She finally had a closed door meeting with Trump, or, 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 or a phone call with Trump, and now she's agreed to do so under certain circumstances, which is fine. But when she agreed to do that, next thing you know, the, 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 the last night, last night, a mob of people showed up at her house simply because she had a conversation with the president. And it's disgusting. Yeah. This is not a way yeah. to have healthy debate in democracy. This is a way to try to rule, rule by intimidation, by fear. This is their motto. They always do. Look, look at when um, uh, the last presidential election, we, we, all, we were all told, well, if Trump gets elected, Roe versus, is, Roe versus Wade is gone. They're going to, you know, they're going to, nobody will be able to get abortions and, and, you know, all these other horrible things. And none of them happened. Not one of their predictions. Not one of their predictions came true. Not one. Uh, they're here again, Bart. They're just throwing mud against the wall. It's just all mud. You know, I'll tell you what happened to me a couple of days ago. I was walking on my cell phone, having a conversation, um, and there was this guy sitting on a on a, on a porch, and and he, it was of a brownstone on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and he started screaming at me because he didn't like what I was saying on my phone. So I said to him, this is an A-B conversation. You can see your way out of it. And I just went to walk. Now, meanwhile, there was a, a guy sitting near the corner who was a neighbor of mine in the same building. We fist bump each other. This guy comes out, starts screaming at him for fist bumping me. Can you believe it? And he actually, I just, I, I, I yelled him down and he ran away from me. You know, you get up in my face, I'm going to rear up. I'm going to get hackles up. I'm going to let you know. You put your hands on me, you're going to go from a hospital bed to a jail cell. I am not to be touched. You better back off me. And so then, so I, I go on my way. Now, that neighbor of mine tells me today, that guy actually called the police on him for fist bumping a Trump supporter. Can you believe that? Yeah, I don't know, man. The world's crazy, but I don't know how 
in the world we're supposed to have an open democracy when you can't sit down and debate someone and not be called a, a, a racist? I mean, they always go – it's always these far, heavy extreme words, right? Like if you don't agree with me, you're a racist. If you don't agree with me, you're a bigot. If you don't agree with me, um, you're a stupid. You're a fascist. You know, you're, you're a misogynist. You're xenophobic. When the reality of it is the ones they're calling stupid – aren't really the stupid ones at all. It's the person calling them stupid, which is the real ignorant right. stupid one. Right. And right. This it's, it's abject, you're right. It's abject stupidity. It's abject stupidity. And uh, so there are, I, I categorize Trump haters. I put them in two categories with a third lighter one. The two are evil and stupid. So the people that – I'm telling you, they're just evil. They're, these are nefarious, malevolent forces. It's 626. They've been activated. I'm telling you, these are evil people. There's no mistaking that. These are, these are malevolent forces. So that's number one category of Trump haters. Trump is doing a great job as president while he has the devil on his back. Um, so there, there's the first category. It's what's become a your party, Bart. And then, and then the second one is the people that are just too stupid to see the evil and to see, smell, see, smell, taste, and, and, and feel that. They don't, they don't see it. And so they're just too stupid. They've been brainwashed in those academia uh, indoctrination chambers and by the media, by the media first and foremost, actually. So, so those are your two main categories, and then the third one is what I call the redeemables, and I, and I get them often enough. They're out. There's lots of them, actually. They're nowhere near in, in, in the same, uh, to the same degree in terms of numbers as those first two categories. This is in my estimation. There's, there's that third category of people. You just give them enough factual information. If their mind is open, if they're intellectually honest and, uh, and open to, what, to hearing what's, what, what you have to say, it, they, they, they churn and change on a dime. And guess what, Bart? Those sometimes become the most vocal Trump supporters because they realize they've been had, and they're upset, they're angry, and so they come out in support of Trump, which is kind of you. You're, you, were, you were in that category. You are no, you're no longer a redeemer. Well, you've been redeemed. You're no longer a Democrat. <laughs> I'm not Sorry. saying I would never vote Democrat again. I'm saying as far right. as it goes right now, I'm disgusted by the behavior of a party I used to support 100% of the time, virtually. Yeah, um, you no, know, I, people, I, I understand. I understand. You know, it's, the, I, it's, it's ideological. It is. It, you, have, you have a lot of people who have stepped back and watched this, and my question is, is this what like, like Joe Biden becomes president? And there's no guarantee that it will. However, I know that if we keep Trump as president, um, the economy will get better. Why? Because he, he made it amazing the first time around. Who, who would I trust yeah. – to rebuild the economy. Well, I trust Joe Biden, who has a history of, of high taxes and and putting in all these uh, these these stop gaps in place to where you know you can't grow a business. Or do I want to vote for a guy who I know can rebuild the economy because he just did it three years ago? You know, and this right. whole shutdown, it, it's it, it sucks, but it's going to end. And when it does end, who do I want? In the Oval Office, a guy who I know is going to bring so much regulation, invite China over, which all of us know now China has been stealing from us for years, including a vaccine, which I just had to close down um, one of the consulates in, in what, Texas, I believe, because they were caught red-handed. You know, and, and the, the argument is, well, well, we're getting all these problems. No, we're not. We're finally standing up to the problems that we've had for many, many years that no one's ever addressed. And now it's to the tipping point to where we have to address them. And it just so happens Donald Trump is the president that does that. That's the only he's, – he's, he's only catching flack because he's, he's a Republican in the Oval Office. Had, had, uh, had Barack Obama done this, everyone would have praised him. Had Barack Obama oh. been in the White House during this, um, this pandemic, 
and done the same things, which he probably would have, everyone would have praised him. It's just the fact that it's a Republican in office, and it's ridiculous. Oh, it's of course true, and they would have given him a, a, another uh, Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, I once was uh, I was talking with a man. His name is Dick Myers. It was the first time we met. He's the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and uh, four-star general, retired. And I was talking with a friend of mine. He says, hey, Rob, inside there is Dick Myers, and it was at a Starbucks. He says, go do your job. You know, I'm going to get him to come on political firestorm. So I go in and I speak with him. And I say, and by the way, sir, um, when I leave here, I'm going over to that store. I'm buying myself a box of Cracker Jacks in the hopes that in the bottom of it, I will find a Nobel Peace Prize. He laughed so hard, the whole Starbucks stopped talking and looked over. It was a guffaw laughter from a four-star. That was back about two weeks after they gave Obama that, that prize. Uh, yeah, they would be singing his praises. Uh, it's, it's just it's the whole thing. It's the, it's the height of – I'm talking the very height of hypocrisy. It's glaring. It's blinding. And it, it, when the Democrat Party does these sorts of things, they, they lose good men like you. They lost good men in the past era like Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan's quote, the famous quote, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. And that's what's going on in big numbers now with men like Bart Smith. These, these, um, these mayors in these cities – and I'll, I'll repeat them again, just so everyone's clear on Lori Lightfoot, Chicago, Ted Wheeler, Portland, New York City. These are some of the world, some of the, the country's largest cities that are going through hell in a hand. New York City, when I lived there, was awesome. It was safe. It was fun. Um, there were really no worries. It was expensive, but it's New York City. But you now take a city that has been, for the last 20 years, been amazing. And within a matter of a month, you ruined it. And I, this is my thing. I think there's a lot of Democrats out there who are seeing this, just like me. Oh, they're, they're sick of it. They're sick of it. I, I don't want this. I don't want this for my family. I don't want it for my children. I want to right. know that when I go at 1 o'clock in the morning and hop on the subway, that when I get off, I don't get shot, beat, raped, murdered, you know, and all the, all the above. And I really think what's coming down to it is a lot of these Democrats now, the, the middle-of-the-road ones, right, the blue-collar ones, are seeing that if I vote for Joe Biden – this is the future that we're going to have. And I think it's turning a lot of people off. I do think Donald Trump's going to win. I think he's going to win simply because of the cancel culture problem that we're having right now. Right. And I think the only thing – they're definitely going to cheat, Bart. Just make no mistake about that. That's, that's what the whole mail-in ballot uh, topic is all about, cheating. That's all that's about. I don't think that they'll be able to cheat their way in. I think what they will maybe be able to do with their cheat is they may be able to deprive him of the landslide victory he so richly deserves. Uh, he would get a, if, if this was a completely legitimate election cycle, and I really it was just straight, free and clear elections like you're talking. He would win in a landslide. He would he would win. He would, it would just be such a he'd mop the floors with Biden electorally speaking. And there's no doubt he mopped the floors with Hillary Clinton electorally speaking. He won 33 to her 17 states. If you look at it county by county, forget about it. And 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 there's all kinds of empirical data that shows that they cheated then. The reason why the Hillary Clinton camp was so confident she was going to win, they had their fireworks all set and ready to go. They were they were arrogantly confident that she was going to take the White House is because the cheat was in, and he overcame it then. And, I, and he'll overcome it this time as well, come November 3rd. But I do think they can deny him the, uh, the presidential mandate. And that sucks because I really like to see him have a presidential mandate. He would be able to get a lot more done a lot more quickly to make this country, to restore it to its original luster. I think there is a lot of people, you know, you can't say you're.
liberals, right? We're all, Joe Biden's ahead by 10 points, and he's ahead in these swing states. And I don't believe it for a second. I'll tell you why. I think there's a lot of people who come out and say, if I'm voting for Donald Trump, I might lose my job. People have lost their jobs yeah. simply because yeah. they support in a political party. Think about that. There, you, can't, you lose your job. That's how crazy this has gotten. So I think you have a lot of people who are just afraid to say who they're voting for because out of fear that the reprisals are going to be so bad they're going to lose their job, they're going to lose their home, they're going to lose their – I mean people literally – it's all been all over the news. There's been multiple people over the last month or two that when they speak up, something bad happens to them. They lose their job or they um, they look at the well, – look, look at the uh, New, New York Times. I got to tell you, you know, Bart, I've had doors – I, I've had doors slammed in my face over all of this. And guess what, buddy? This isn't the first time. It was during the Bush years, the same exact thing. It's just it's more it's more extreme now. And the only reason why it's more intense and extreme and more exaggerated now is because Donald Trump fights of a fight. And uh, so that was the problem. It was my biggest issue with George Walker Bush, 43. He, he just never fought these people back. It's like he, he, he didn't realize that the founders had it right. It's all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, and Donald Trump is well aware of that. He fights back, and he fights back hard. So what you end up with is more of a, an intensity to it all. But this isn't the first time. It had to some degree with Reagan. And the, the intimidation tactics certainly set in during the Bush years. I'm here in New York City. I was working at the number one newspaper of Manhattan at the time. And these people were acting as if if I said anything positive about George Walker Bush, I was this, I was that. They would try to get me fired, all this other stuff. And um, I just fought back like uh, like Trump, you know, and uh, I fight back very intensely when attacked. And I win every time. But if I get one door slammed in my face, Bart, another door opens over there. I don't really care. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. I'm an American. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. A couple weeks ago, a a piece was published in the New York Times. Tom Cotton published it right now. He's an elected sitting senator, right? He's been elected by the people in a free and clear election like it's supposed to go down, right? He publishes an op-ed in the New York Times, and the editor is forced to resign. Now, then you turn around, and a couple of days ago, the New York Times posts an op-ed by a, a Chinese uh, writer who, by all intents and purposes, is, is someone who's trying to uh, create division. The, the piece was full of lies. I read the piece. It, it, was, it was such a joke, and it's, it's praised. You know, so I'm wondering what, how far will the cancel culture continue to go? You have – you have people of all walks of life who are seeing this now, and they just they, – they can't believe that the only person that they have that the Democrat Party has to put up is Joe Biden, which he's not running to be a president. He's running to be a puppet. This is so beyond uh, uh, rebuke that it's just – it's insane, and, and you have a Democrat Party who thinks people don't see this. Like people don't see yeah. the – Chicago's and the yeah. Portland's and the Kansas and the New York. They just think, oh, well, yeah. if we get elected, if you elect us, it'll all stop. Very well-made <laughs> moment, but it's not, it's, it's not true. You know, it's just not. baffling. Baffling. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. You're, you're fading in and out a little bit on me, so sometimes it sounds like you've finished your point with your point. I go to talk, and then I hear you talking, and you're fading in and out, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. But, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, this that. is uh, – yeah, this is technology for you, right? Um, yeah, but go ahead. What were yeah. you? Well, I, I mean, I just to add on to what you were saying, it, it's uh, it, I guess the question I ask on Political Firestorm is, who in the hell do these people think they are, and who in the hell do these people think they're fooling? Uh, when people get into the sanctity of the voting booth, when they're in front of that screen, 
and and it's it's only them and God, right? It's them and the computer. It's it's up to them to vote who they want to vote for, and they're going to vote. They're not going to vote Democrat. Uh, a lot of people will go along with. You see these polls, like you were saying, a lot of the people they they just don't want to say anything that might uh, draw, um, you know, confrontation. You know, they're they're non-confrontational. There's also a lot of people. The other thing with the polling is that. They're essentially going into the zip codes that are like five to one in a Democrat enrollment advantages. All right. So they're not they're not when they say he's up ten points, this Biden guy who really belongs in a rocking chair on a porch somewhere muttering to himself, um, when when they say he's up ten, twelve, fourteen points, it's really first off, it's a lie because they are skewing it with different zip codes. They they know what they're doing. They're 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 fudging the numbers. It's obvious. And then the second thing is, even the one, even when they're fudged, even some of those people that are in with that fudge that they're doing, they're just saying, like I just said, they're just saying, yeah, yeah, I'm voting Biden. And when they're when they're alone in that booth, they're not going to vote Biden. How could any thinking person vote for this guy? They can barely string sentences together. Now I'd be a better president than Joe Biden, and I'm nowhere near presidential material. Yeah, Donald Duck would be a better president. Hey, we have a quick commercial break coming up, guys. We'll be right back. Stay tuned with with uh, special guest Rob Arnold as we talk about all this fun political stuff this week. I think people are as blind as the Democrats want you to believe. But if you remember four years ago or three and a half years ago in the 2016 election, they had this whole um, – it was similar to what's going on now, but it was at a much lower level, right? So it almost seems like, okay, well, if Donald Trump was behind in the polls three-point last time. This time we got to make it big numbers because apparently three points wasn't enough to fool people last time. So now we got to make it big. So now we're going to say he's ahead – that Joe Biden's ahead 10 points in the election polls, right? And it's just another scare tactic. I don't believe for a second that Joe Biden is up 10 points in the polls. It, it, you can't believe. That's insane. That would be the worst. I, I, can't, I don't even know in modern history when there was a spread that big between two people running yeah, for president. Yeah. Well, actually, I can remember something about that big. These same people, these pollsters, they had Jimmy Carter ahead of Ronald Reagan by eight points less than a week before that election day. <laughs> well, well, right, right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, and Jimmy Carter was my president. He was president when I was born. So, I, you know, I still, have, I still like the guy. You know, I think Jimmy Carter is an okay guy. He wasn't the best president, I admit, but he's an okay guy. He's still alive. So I don't know how. He's still, he's still alive. There's got to be some sort of special. Yeah, he's, he's amazingly alive. Yeah. And uh, look, I think he was a better former president than he was a president, obviously. But, um, you know, he just he, he everything that was supposed to be up was down. Everything that was supposed to be down was up uh, when he was president. Uh, I think he did lead very well in certain areas like the embargo uh, with the Olympics. He, he, he led like a Republican there. He faced down Russia. Uh, and so just like, you know, Kennedy faced him down with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, so Democrats that are in there have done good jobs. But, uh, but Carter is just way too left liberal. He, he doesn't get it. There's, there, he, he, there's a detachment somewhere in there. Whereas John F. Kennedy, if he were alive today, I can pretty much guarantee you he'd be a roaring Republican. He'd be a Republican. Uh, it is well, no longer the party of Kennedy. I mean, look at Bill Clinton. I mean, Bill Clinton balanced the budget. You know, I mean, that's, that's amazing. You know, so they all, all presidents have their good and bad sides. Donald Trump has his good and bad sides. To be honest with you, the guy's kind of an asshole. I get that. But that doesn't mean that what he's done as president so far hasn't been good things. We've gotten a lot of good things out of Trump's presidency. Now, again, Amazing. he's not perfect. But now, when we have a Democrat president, 
all the media does is give them 100% praise when it's not worthy of 100%. And when we have a Republican president, especially Trump in the case, all they do is bash them. It shows clear bias in media and in and, and education as well. Yes, and it's worse than bias. It's flat out, straight through the teeth, meet you in the eye, lying. That is what they are doing. It is not as just about biases. We all have our biases. That's understandable. It's a human – it's part of the human condition. But these people are flat out lying. I'll give you a great example. When Hurricane Katrina hit in Louisiana, uh, my then brother-in-law, future brother-in-law, had, had been tapped two weeks prior. He was tapped to run the EPA by George Walker Bush. So the man's running the Environmental Protection Agency. Bam, Katrina hits. Whoa, welcome to the EPA. So he calls me up. He says, Rob, the media is lying their asses off. And by the way, he was a big Clinton boy at OMB. He was one of the Clinton people that came over to the Bush White House. He, he wasn't a, you know, a staunch Republican or anything like that. So he, he calls up and he says, hey, I need you to let as many people know that you can let know that the governor of Louisiana is blocking off the federal aid for the Hurricane Katrina victims. She won't let us across the bridges. He was, he was integrally involved. I mean, there was a lot of environmental tragedy there. It was calamitous. So, you know, EPA got involved. He's running it, and he calls me up, and he says, this guy running the damn EPA told me that the governor won't let them in. Now, the media, they all know full, every one of these creeps, New York Times, CNN, all these lying filth, all these vermin, they all know damn sure well that it's up to the governor to say yay or nay to the president. The president can't go in if the governor says no. That's Tenth Amendment. They all know this full well. They all knew full well that Governor Kathleen Blanco would not let them in. She delayed for three full days. They all knew all of this. What did they do? They told a pack of lies. They pointed at the Bush administration. They pointed at Michael Brown of FEMA. And, and they convinced a lot of people of their narrative that the sitting Republican president didn't give a damn about poor blacks in New Orleans. It was all a pack of lies. Now, compare and contrast that with the BP oil gush. In this case, Barack Obama, this is the largest environmental disaster in U.S. history. And he goes to the camera and says, well, I can't go down there and sip it up with a straw. Imagine if George Bush had said that about the floodwaters in, in New Orleans. And, and so when he said this snide little man, I can't go down there and sip up with a straw. Oh, Mr. President, I thought maybe you could. Thank you for letting me know you can't sip it up with a straw, you snide bastard. So they just laughed with him. So they go after the Bush administration with nothing but a pack of lies, and they cover up for Obama. Most Americans don't even know he said that. I can't go down there and sip it up with a straw. Meanwhile, you had James Carville down there saying, we're dying down here. We're dying down here. And then Obama just ignored it That's a good impression. Look, man, I know that (laughs) the police unions endorsed Trump not too long ago, and you're talking about, what, 800,000 people in the country are going to be – now, to keep this in mind, the police unions historically have always backed Democratic um, presidents, presidents and, and governors and stuff. But this time around, they backed Donald Trump. And yeah. I, obviously the teachers union is not going to, but I mean the police department, right. that's, that's a lot of votes. That's a hell of a lot of votes. Right. That's, that's a lot. And, and, it, and it's also symbolically very, very important. And uh, so I'm going to say that um, unions, when unions were first formed, they were formed, they were desperately needed. It was a check or a balance against greed. And it was really very desperately needed when unions were first formed. Unfortunately, the sad truth now is, is that most unions, not all of them, many if not most of them, uh, the union bosses are as greedy as any captain of industry. And, and so it's all fixed in now. It's baked in 
to where I don't trust really any of the unions. Uh, it, it's, they, they are in solidarity against the Republicans because they've been trained like monkeys to think that the Republicans don't care about the little guy or the blue-collar guy. Well, let me tell you what. I'm, I may be an intellectual and a, and a political radio talk show host, but I am a blue-collar guy. I operate heavy equipment. I can, I can, do, I can operate bulldozers and backhoes, and, 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 and I've, I've designed and, and installed many landscapes. I'm a blue-collar guy in my heart of hearts, and I'll always be that. I'll never, ever let go of the blue-collar side of who I am. And a lot of my blue-collar friends, I have a lot of them that are in the trades, tradesmen, really skilled craft, craftsmen. Uh, they're all, they're all, they used to think along the lines of Democrat, but they, they were on to it. They're on to it. And more and more people are quietly going. They're the silent majority. The silent majority is growing. And, uh, and they're going Republican, and they're voting Republican. And that's how you get guys like Donald Trump into the White House. That's how we'll get him reelected. Um, so Black Lives Matter, make no mistake, BLM is a left-wing movement, allegedly, right? That's what they claim. My fascist. question here is, is they are fascists. I agree. They're fascists calling everybody else fascists, right? It's, 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 you can't – anyone who watches an hour of the news a week can figure that out and read a little bit of the newspaper. Yeah. But I was looking at numbers earlier. You know, as you know, I'm a math guy. I love numbers. Numbers are amazing because they tell you the truth, right? Math is, is incapable yeah. of telling lies. 7,500 black Americans are killed every year by homicide. Homicide is the leading cause for African-American use in this country. Now, that's a lot of black lives, but black lives matter doesn't care, right? They don't really care about black lives. If they did, we would not be having the problems in these inner cities with education, with the failure of nuclear families, um, with the homicide rate, the death rate, the shooting rate, the assault rate, everything else. So even now, you're starting to see people look at BLM and be like, wait a minute. At first, when they came out, people believed it, right? I believed it. I was like, okay, it's a good thing. Black lives matter. I get that. I mean, all lives matter, but if you say that, you're wrong. And I agree. There are in the country that address. Everyone, I think, rationally does. They're nowhere near as bad as they, they claim they are. But if BLM is a member of the left side of the aisle, and they're doing all this destruction in all these major cities, and I vote for a Democrat, which is on the left side of the aisle, just to, to be polite about it, I know that this is what I'm going to get next year and the year after. I just don't see how any rational human being can look at the left and be like, okay, well, I'm going to vote for Biden because he'll stop this. He'll make it safe again. When you know damn well deep down inside that's any, anything but the case. 100%. They, they don't care at all. Uh, on our website, confirmedsource.com, we have, it's a, I think the third one down, this woman who she's a black Turns out she's a lawyer. She's not a raving lunatic. But this woman, she's possessed with the spirit of liberty. And she went to the Black Lives Matter, uh, uh, painted out in front of Trump Tower. And she got on her hands and knees, and she, um, she started spraying black paint all over it. And she's screaming at the top of her lungs that they don't care about black people. They don't care about blacks. They don't care about blacks. She's saying, take your country back. Take your country back. I'm so proud of this woman. She, she's, like, she's like what our founding fathers had in them. She's got that possession, the spirit of liberty. And uh, uh, Mrs. Beatty. And uh, she's, um, and, you know, it turns out she is a lawyer. So, you know, she's, she's the wheels are turning. She's not just some, somebody just flipping out. She's, she's making clear that Black Lives Matter does not care about black lives in the least little bit. Now, if you go to confirmsource.com, you'll see that, um, you'll see that video. Of her doing that, and I mean, she looks like she's a crazy woman, but she's just basically screaming that 
you know, this is not, we got to take, take your country back, take back the USA, take it back. And she's screaming and, and spreading this paint all over the place. And uh, it's quite the video to, to take in. So, so again, that's confirmedsource.com. Yeah. So it's funny you bring that, that mural thing up because I read a story and I, I forgot what city it was. I meant to write it down to talk about it on the show today, but I totally forgot to write it down. I was busy with all the other crazy stuff going on. There was um, a protest. You know, they, they have they spray paint Black Lives Matter. And you put in Black Lives Matter, then I can put Trump 2020 right next to it because now you can exactly. get into the public forum. So I think right. it's an ingenious – hang on, there was a city – that literally had to had to cover up the BLM, the Black Lives Matter spray paint, simply because they didn't want this person spray painting a Trump 2020 right next right. to it, which they have the right to do because it's a public forum. I thought that was the genius thing I've heard in a while. Oh no, it's 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 to me that's just a basic move to make. Um, is uh, it's been in my mind is I'd like to do uh, in yellow paint, the same size font, let's call it same size lettering. Trump 2020 or Trump leads or Trump rocks or whatever you want to write in, in, in yellow paint in the same size, anywhere you want to put it. So, you know, turnabout is fair play. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander kind of thing. So, yeah. You know, and when we, you I, brought I, that Ronald Reagan quote up, um, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. What you're seeing now with, and I'm telling you, with other, I have a lot of Democrat friends, tons of Democrats. Most of my friends are Democrats. What you're seeing now is realizing that not that quote specifically, but that the Democrat Party is, is – is, it just doesn't exist anymore. There is this right. party that – Democrat that's gone so far. So you know, what the Democrat Party is doing in, in reality is making rational Democrats – they're making them vote Republican because they're not giving right. them a choice because they don't want what they the Democrat Party is You're right. They, you, you, they don't give them a choice. You know, it's, I just saw a video of, a, of a, uh, an amazing act. And his audience was President Ronald Reagan, First Lady Nancy Reagan, uh, and uh, Tip O'Neill, then Speaker of the House, and his wife. And they, they kept panning the camera over their way. And that man was the staunch, most staunch Democrat you'd ever meet, Tip O'Neill. And here, here he was with Ronald Reagan laughing their asses off together and their wives, too. Such a such a beautiful thing to take in. As, you know, the reason why this thing is now floated to guys like me is because, and, and really anybody, but, but people pay close attention and, and do what I do, uh, get a video like that just to kind of help uh, my, my perspective. Is that, that, that is where it's supposed to be. We're supposed to see President Donald Trump and Melania side by side with Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and her husband laughing their asses off together as Americans watching a comedic performance on stage and those days are gone and the reason why they're long gone is because the tip o'neills of this world are gone and i hope they're not gone forever i hope the democrat party does bring itself back up or that democrats the good ones the blue dogs the moderates pull away and form a new party and do away with what's left of the democrat party and then give that same platform the same planks of it for the democrats of yesteryear to be able to glom onto that rather than being given no choice and only vote Republican, because then the Republican Party could get really drunk with power, and that's, that's dangerous. So I, I want the two-party system to remain intact. By the way, we're going to talk about all this on my show. I'm going to let people know how to tune into Political Firestorm Bar. We haven't done that yet. I'd like to do that before we end the, the uh, podcast. www.am1240wgbb.com. Write it down, uh, am one two four zero. WGBB.com. 
Mondays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you're, you're way out there on Long Island, out with all the Long Islanders. Yeah, I've got the Long Islanders. Uh, that, that number's growing. Uh, we're obviously uh, we're getting exponential growth. Obviously, you're looking at the internet; it's a big part of everything today, right? So, we've got um, we've got we're probably up to about in five short shows, part five five hour long shows. Uh, we've, we're up to about six seven thousand um, internet listenership, and then probably a good thousand Long Islanders. Uh, I'm gonna have somebody dressed up as Superman with a with a Donald Trump wig on. Uh, with a sign held high, we're making the signs now. They'll be on Sunrise Highway out there. You got thousands of cars, so we we really want to build up our listenership out on Long Island. And then the idea is they'll follow when I leave that small station for the big giant one I'm going to. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that'll be very soon as well. I think you're you're growing pretty quick. But you know the um, you know before we end the show, the, the funny thing um, about this election cycle is I think you're really seeing. It's scary. Yes, it's scary. It's creepy. Uh, this, this isn't what America is. This, this is the antithesis of what our founders uh, uh, built this country up on. It's the antithesis. And, uh, and that's what's become a, your party. And it's, uh, you know, I said this to Hank Scheinkopf. I'm like, what are you going to do about it, Hank? What are you going to do about it? Somebody's got to do something because it's the two-party system. So this is one party of two parties of the two-party system of the greatest country in human history. And this is what you're giving us? Come on. Well, this, uh, so is, this is not. Yeah, this is not. This 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 is not about color of skin. This is about policy. And since the Democrat Party has no real policy to go around, they're trying to make it about the color of skin. It's, it's absolutely pathetic and it's disgusting. And it's like a bunch of kids in a, a temper tantrum, you know? Yeah, stomping their feet. They, you want you don't want them to have ice cream because it's it's going to spoil their appetite for dinner. And they start screaming and yelling in the aisles of the supermarket. And then the snowflake more and I'll say, okay, all right, they'll give in. The real parent will say, no, you don't. Give them a smile. Give you something to cry about. You're not eating ice cream, period. And so, but they stomp and stomp. You got to drag them out of the store. That's what's become of the Democrat Party, the stomping bratty child in the store at age five. And it's amazing how fast it's happened. It's totally happened in a matter of three years, two, well, really two years. You've seen that you've seen this happen. They said nothing about policy. The only thing that, that, that Joe Biden has said about policy is pretty much the exact same thing that Donald Trump said to get elected. You know, it's a puppet show. Yeah. It's, it's a puppet show. Um, but we're going to get uh, uh, Rob, go ahead and give your um, your website address again, the times uh, and dates that your show's on. It's every as things stand now, it's uh, every Monday, only one, one day a week, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, 6 to 7. Uh, PM and the website is AM1240 WGBB. So that's uh, AM1240 WGBB.com. All right, man. Well, until next time, I'm sure we'll have you on again, and I'm sure we'll talk again before uh, before then, man. So good luck with the show. I know uh, Monday you'll have a show, and good luck out there in New York City. I know it's uh, it used to be a great place to live. Now I think it's just a shithole. Uh, it's, it's shithole-ish, <laughs> but, uh, I, I move along freely in this town. I'm just not worried about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just, here's the bottom line though, before we end this podcast, I'll just simply say, you know, God helps those who help themselves. So it's not as if you're supposed to go charging into it. I don't worry about it. I feel like I'm protected. You know, I, I, it's not my time to go back home yet. I, that's my, my spiritual religious thinking of it, but you can't go directly into this. You can't go after it. I normally go after these kinds of things. It's the journalist type in me. You go into it. To, you you want to know who, what, where, when, why, how. You want to know. 
uh, you want to investigate. Well, yeah, no investigation of any of this stuff. You steer clear of it, or otherwise you can get killed or maimed. That's exactly correct. But it's not it's not everywhere in the city. It's just it's in pockets. Yeah, well, it's definitely it, it, it may be in pockets, but it's still toxic. Uh, oh, yeah, we got about it. I will, uh, until next time, have a good weekend, Rob. Thanks for coming on, man. And uh, please, guys, check out his show online anytime. And if you're in the Long Island, New York City area, you have the channel to do it. Take it easy, buddy. Love you, Bar. Great, great website, great podcast. See you soon. Yep. All right, guys. So that is, uh, that's kind of it. Um, I think that was a really good episode. Um, I like Rob. Rob, uh, he's a good guy. He's very knowledgeable. Uh, he gets a little carried away. Sometimes I'll give you that. But, hell, I think we all do at this point in time. Uh, keep in mind, everything we talk about on the show today can also be found on Telegraph Local. That's telegraphlocal.com, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like it, share it, have all that fun. Um, like and share this podcast. And until next time, oh, by the way, this coming week, we have a bunch of uh, new special guests coming up. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll post that stuff shortly so you can follow along. In the meantime, have a wonderful weekend and, uh, and stay safe out there. Bye for now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.